Hello Redfield Empaths and Truth Seekers, here we are back again with the Jeff Berwick's book on the under control demolitions of the American Empire or the USA Empire precisely. So a little drum roll here. We are at the section still identifying the support columns, but we're now at the very end. We're still in the control alt delete section, but we're almost at the end of that. So here we go. Each night, viewers would invest 30 minutes of their time to get a handle on the day's most important events so that tomorrow they can go about their day with a basic understanding of what is happening in America. There was so much happening that cutting the most important topics down to only 30 minutes was quite difficult, but the printed newspapers were able to fill in the gaps left by television's tight schedule. The first disruptor of the media came in 1980 when a little company in Atlanta challenged New York and Washington DC as the epicenter of news gathering. When CNN launched their 24-hour news platform on cable television, they were not limited to only 30 minutes, and they were not restricted to showing their news at only once a time because they had 1,440 minutes to go into more depth about some of the most important topics of the day. 14 is another big number, by the way, for Gematria, and I believe 40 as well. I know I'll say all numbers, but they all have their own meaning, and I just see them popping up, and I'm like, oh my gosh. They discovered that they had the opposite problem with the traditional nightly news. They had too much time. As other networks jump into the cable television news industry, they all found themselves having the same problem of filling the hours each day with interesting and thought-provoking topics for discussion. They were also stepping on each other's toes as they all rushed to cover the same events in the same manner, using the same tactics of interviewing witnesses to important events, speculating about events back in the newsroom with multiple journalists on camera sitting at the large anchor desk then echoing the same thoughts over and over until the story fell out of the news cycle and was forgotten. It's always the same crap that they do, really, so we know this, right? As large companies started to purchase these news organizations, the content became, or content, should I say? The content, that was funny. The content became more homogenized. The sets started to resemble each other, the presentation of the news seemed indis indisguisable, I'm so sorry, from one another, and eventually 
There was almost no differentiation between the news on CNN or MSNBC. So these channels no longer were listed on television guides as news channels because they had been reclassified as entertainment. It was becoming obvious that they were no longer in the news business. These networks were only really interested in selling advertising space for their shows, whether those shows were professional wrestling, the Kardashians, or the nightly news with Brian Willis. Well, that was Brian Williams, sorry. <laughs> All scripted entertainment starring semi-real characters for the dumbed-down masses, just in a different package. Yeah, I mean, who watched the Kardashians? Come on, man. They are seriously, seriously bad. Then the internet came along and turned journalism industry, among others, on its head. Now the news could bypass the printing and uh, distribution steps and go straight to the reader in real time. No longer were people tied to networks schedule of airing the news at only 6 p.m. and uh, they did not even have to be in front of a television to watch CNN's 24-7 news broadcasts. People now had instant access to a broad selection of different news organizations both domestic and international, on their computers, tablets, and drumroll, smartphones, wherever they went and at any time during the day. The only platform reduced the barriers to entry that prevented small news organizations from really competing with the established American news organizations of ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, Fox News, and of course, MSNBC in a meaningful way before. So, it's true. They now had access to a wide distribution channel, provided that they had a computer server and enough bandwidth, and the costs were almost nothing. The rise of the alternative media loosely defined as a media organization that is not controlled financially or otherwise by a larger corporation has been the most serious threat uh, the corporate media has ever faced because they are exposing these established new groups as nothing more than the de facto public relations arm of the White House, the Pentagon, and the CIA, to name a few. These large media conglomerates approach this threat with their typical philosophy of if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. So they buy the alternative media companies in order to shut them up, or they lie about them in an attempt to discredit their work. They want to control the alternative media so they can delete it. Control, Alt, Delete. Invert and Multiply. One of the hallmarks of corporate media is their staggering hypocrisy. 
In 2018, Sinclair Broadcast Group sent a memo to all 200 of their local media news organization requiring an anchor delivered journalistic responsibility message to be recorded and shown that night on the news. Sinclair was concerned about the recent fake news that was gumming up the system and messing with their ability to freely lie to the people. So in order to prove to the viewers that they were serious about independent journalism, they recorded 200 messages with 200 different local anchors reading the same exact message off a teleprompter. Because nothing says journalistic integrity like everyone saying the same words, the same way, at the same time, about the same subject. One of the funniest parts of the whole debacle was that Sinclair Broadcasting Group did not have a clue that this might be perceived as fake news, and they were shocked at how they were mocked relentlessly by all the other media organizations for creating a fake journalistic integrity message to complain about fake journalism and integrity. The teleprompter reading is not limited to those on the news. In the lead up and push for the war in Iraq in 2003, soon to be Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper and Australian Prime Minister John Howard, both deliver the exact same speech three days apart, one to an audience in Australia and one to an audience in Canada. The speeches were identical, word by word, and it showed with clarity that even the people we perceive to be at the top of the power pyramid are reading a script given to them by those in power above the offices of presidents and prime ministers. Well, again, Canada is a corporation owned by England and all the prime ministers swear their loyalty to the queen, not to the Canadian people. Unifythepeople.ca. Go check out the truth for yourself. Because of the sheer number of radio stations and local television and local television channels, it is easy for these conglomerates to invert any news the news their hundreds of stations has a force multiplier to make it appear that a particular story is hitting a person from many angles. To the average news viewer, hearing a story on the radio, then watching the same story later on the local news works to reinforce the story. If a person hears something from two different sources, then it seems more legitimate. The problem with this line of non-scientific evidence vetting is that even though the news appears to be coming from two different sources, it is really the same company just dressed up to look like two different organizations, just the way they want it to appear. False information is cheap, but debunking it is expensive. The consolidation problem. Over the last 30 years, the amount of multinational companies <laughs> that own the companies that produce the news has shrunk from 50 down to 5. <laughs> Did you know that, people? 
When there are 50 companies putting out the news, then there are 50 versions of the news. And since nature never makes anyone redundant, nobody is redundant, nothing is redundant. The viewer can take their pick of which version of the news suits them best. In theory, there should only be one version of the news, which is the truth. But that is not happening in modern American society, or really any society these days. The assumption is that as the number of versions of the news is consolidated, the better the chances are that the news is getting closer to the truth. Yeah, right. That is not what happens. In fact, the exact opposite happens. When there are 50 news organizations giving 50 versions of tonight's nightly news, they work to check and balance each other by exposing the EDOC of the other network's version of events. There are also too many different organizations to be coerced by the government to bury a story that paints them in an unflattering light, or for a corporation to push back against when one of their products kills a bunch of people and the media wants to cover the story. By not being part of a multinational conglomerate, these organizations had to be great, or else they would fail and go out of business. They had to be trusted and reliable, or else they would lose viewers to the other 49 news organizations. So they did not have the luxury of leaning on the parent company for money if things went poorly. Just like, you know, trust fund babies, right? Oh, our life is so hard. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, it must be so hard having money to take out from your trust fund. Was it tough to push those buttons? You know, let us, people who have gone with very little and who have known what true hardship is, feel bad for you, pampered babies. <laughs> Sorry, you know. When the number of news organizations shrinks, society does not get closer to the truth. They get closer to the lies because the number of people that need to be brought under control shrinks. That's right. And I don't hate trust fund babies, by the way, but I'm just making fun of them because they always whine and complain. It's like, yeah, you want to try being poor and on top of it having all those problems you just mentioned? That's right. The consolidation of the number of executives in positions of power for decision-making in these mega-media organizations has allowed for the agenda of the corporate media to be shaped over the decades through the Bilderberg Conference. They no longer needed to try and uh, hurt cats now that they had the five CEOs all sitting in a room together for three days getting on the same page about how particular newsworthy events will be dealt with for the immediate future. So if you notice, it's always number 50, number 5. If you learn gematria, there are big numbers, and they just keep copying. They, they keep popping up, and so, you know, I just, I just mention it because I don't know which episode you're watching, if you're watching them all. So hopefully, you know, we reach a wider audience and more people will look into this stuff. Um, the corporate news is the lie that convinces the average viewer 
to willingly work against their own best interests and against their peers and you know their children and everything else. So if you're wondering about Gematria, I'm gonna say it again, go check out Zachary K. Hubbard. He also um, does mention all the other people, even the guy who created the Gematriator, I think it's called Gematriator, I always get confused. But anyway, it's, um, it's the Gematra calculator that they made. It's really awesome and it speeds up the process a lot. Trust me, it's amazing. And uh, if you want to then donate to these people, because it's the same deal as I am, um, except they're way more famous because, you know, they have been online doing this for a lot longer. I just really started last year and I'm not very good with technology and stuff. I take a while to learn, but I do get there eventually. I mean, I've done it pretty much all, all my, by myself, so most of it, so at least, uh, you know, I have really put in my effort to learn. So, um, Operation Mockingbird, we are at 54% right now, guys. <laughs> the CIA instituted a program called Operation Mockingbird that was designed to turn newspaper and television newsrooms into mouthpieces of the CIA. Thus, the symbolic mockingbird chat mimics what it, what it hears. They infiltrated the newsroom by either compromising existing reporters or they inserted their agents covertly to keep an eye on things. By the 1950s, the CIA had over 10,000 agents secretly installed in various businesses, media organizations, universities, film studios, radio stations, and think tanks. Some of the media assets participating in Operation Mockingbirds include CBC, ABC, NBC, Time, Newsweek, United Press International, Reuters, Hearst Newspapers, Associated Press, Scripps Howard, and Copley News Service. Additionally, hundreds of journalists secretly carried out assignments according to documents on file at CIA headquarters from intelligence gathering to serving as go-betweens. Although the CIA claims to have shut the program down in the 1970s, it is obvious to anyone with the eyes to see and the ears to hear that the mockingbirds are still chirping away. <laughs> That's right. The mockingbird media of the 1950s has been replaced by the news parrots, a group of good-looking repeaters that get paid a whole lot of money to read someone else's words from a teleprompter on the nightly news, regardless of whether the stories are true. My brother went to Baylor University and some of his buddies married some people who do this work and ah, the stories I've heard third hands, let's say that I wouldn't want any of them as friends. The control of the media was an early focus of the CIA because they understood the importance of mass media broadcasting and they realized what a perfect partner they would make for misdirecting the public away from topics that they did not want to be investigated or talked about. 
the CIA could use the media to lie directly to the American people. They could demonize people while, well, define others and define others, sorry. They could misdirect and send the viewers on wild goose chases and they could create and maintain the narrative of who the good guys are and who the bad guys are that Americans must watch out for. And the CIA could do all of this without firing a single shot. Former director of the CIA, William Casey, was quoted as saying that they, the CIA, would know that their disinformation campaign was a success, a success when everything that the American people believed was wrong. So this begs the question of why MSNBC would hire former CIA director John Brennan to be a senior national security and intelligence analyst on their network. Well, we know why, come on, but it's a good rhetorical question, right? They are obviously trying to compete with CNN and their stable of spooks like former director of the CIA a former and former director of the NSA, Michael Hayden, and former director of national intelligence, James Clapper, a man that is on video lying to Congress. I have to give you props, Jeff and your team, because you really did a good job at following a lot of stuff. And I know it's because you all help each other and stuff, but I really appreciate it because I honestly have stayed as far away from all this shit as possible. And I've only like really followed the minimum because I don't need to see all the details to see where this mockery fucker is going. However, we need people like this who do this kind of work and show it because there's lots of sheep who are unable to see the truth without having this kind of evidence. So it's awesome that you're doing this work. And I just want to say I truly appreciate it, even though obviously, you know, none of them will ever listen to this probably, but you know, I'm just sending it out into the ether. So however many little people listen to this, you know, we need to be appreciative for people who do this kind of work. The networks have filled out their rosters with Department of Defense Chief Chief of Staff Jeremy Bash, former Chief of FBI Counterintelligence Frank Filiuzzi, former Deputy National Security Advisor Frank Townsend, former Chief of Staff for FBI Director James Comey, Chuck Rosenberg, former Homeland Security Advisor Juan Sarati, and sorry if I butcher that one, former National Security Advisor Tony Blinken and former House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Rogers, former Senior Advisor to the National Security Council Samantha Vinograd, former CIA officers Philip, Philip Mudd and Stephen Hall, and former FBI agents James Galliano and Asha Rangappa. When a news organization hires the former director of the Central Intelligence Agency to be an analyst on their network, they are no longer in the news business. This should be painfully obvious to anyone with even the slightest bit of understanding about how the news industry should work. It is a joke. 
The television news networks fill the ranks with professional liars and spies, then accuse the alternative media of being fake news. Their hypocrisy knows no bounds. And that's why they have been deleting all kind of uh, really good channels from YouTube and they censor anyone who goes against their the CIA propaganda because YouTube is controlled by the CIA and so is Google and so is Facebook and so is Yahoo and so is all this crap and that's why I use Brave and I'm out of all that shit and I've never felt better ever because even if I never watch the news on purpose I will still see this stuff every now and then just by going online and checking your email and let me tell you it's a lot better when you use Brave and you set it to a nice picture instead you don't get bombarded by this shit in any form and if you want to know your news just watch netflix the latest programming and they'll tell you exactly what's coming hell they do it years before so you just have to know the signs and you have to learn them from people like you know gematra effect news zachary k abbott dr shiva and uh, you know yeah some of them may be paid shills for what we know hey anybody could be but I doubt that some of them are, and uh, the information they're sharing has been verified in different places by different people who don't all agree on the same thing and who say them differently. That's why I say follow your heart and, you know, use your brain to decide what really works for you, but use your brain. Because it's better to take a wrong decisions by yourself than just by the decision of someone else and then say, oh, I didn't know. Well. Try and do some homework, you know, and find out the truth. So the lack of trust by the American people towards their television news program is reflected in the viewership statistics that show major changes in the corporate media's grip on the distribution of relevant information that they have had for decades. The only group of Americans that really get their news from their television are the 65 plus community but for all other categories it is a mass exodus away from their tv and to the internet to find news that is relevant to them from 2016 to 2017 and that's like a big change i think the move from television to the internet has been massive with those ages 30 49 dropping 10 percent the 50-64 age range faded by 8%, while their internet news usage rose by 6%. In the 1829 age category, only 23% get their news on the television. The 18-29 and 30-49 groups have 52% of their people going online to consume their news instead. The 65 plus crowd still clocks in at 82%, getting their news from their favorite newsreader, which explains all the pharmaceutical ads for a whole slew of diseases, but even their viewership numbers are down 3% in just one year. The percentage of age 65 plus viewers that are now getting their news online jumped by an astounding 10% in just 12 months. Whether the reason is convenience or reliability, the numbers show that television news is in free fall and they have no one to blame but themselves.
But ultimately, I think for myself, and I'm going to stop here right now, we're at 55% now. And, um, you know, whether you get your news online or not, the bottom line is that if you're still watching fear-mongering propaganda, it's still the same shit, right? But I would rather see people reading things because when you read, you have time to stop and think about things. Well, when you watch something, there are so many ways that can literally bypass your um, conscious mind and go into your unconscious and program you. So I would still rather see people read shit news than watch shit news, basically. That's my little piece there of um, idea. So a little drum roll, this is the end of the episode and we're gonna move into the next one to finish this section, hopefully. See you later.